It's such a joy to be in church. And I want to share uh, this word with you that I believe will be beneficial to you. Amen. Now, the subject I want to speak uh, is called the power to live a godly life. The power to live the godly life. You see, the biggest challenge we often face is the challenge of compromise. It's like I was sharing with Dishan uh, before the service. I said, you come to a city like Mangalore, you always feel like compromising. You always feel like, okay, I can let go, I can adjust a little bit so that everybody is happy around me. So that my friends like me. So that they can, you know, accept me into their group. And, and as God's people, we know what we are supposed to do. Amen. We know God has called us to a life where we have to live according to his word. But the biggest challenge we face is from the world. It always keeps pulling us away from God's word. We, we will make up our mind and say, okay, you know what? Today I'm going to live according to God's word. But the world will tell us, you and all being religious now, be religious after you're 50. This, you know, when, when I entered into ministry, I was 23. Someone, someone came to me and said, you do ministry. I'm not saying don't go to ministry. After 35, 40, once you've earned money, settled, you go do ministry. <laughs> Sounds like a good plan, isn't it? <laughs> okay, you, you build some capital for you, you have some fixed deposits, and you don't have to worry about anything. Uh, thus far, the Lord has helped me with some fixed deposits. <laughs> it's a very uh, nice concept, but it's, it, it brings a big challenge to our faith. I tell you, the world and its ways always challenge scriptures. The world and its ways always pulls us away from living the godly life. And sometimes, and, and what, what happens often is that we end up compromising. We end up adjusting. We end up bending the rules to accommodate some pleasures of this world. And, and we get pressurized so much by the world, so much by people around us, that we give in to whatever the world wants us to do. And eventually, listen carefully, eventually we come to this conclusion that I cannot live a holy life. Eventually we come to a conclusion that uh, you see that woman praying all the time, holy life is for her. For me, Elsewhere. <laughs> we come to a conclusion all by ourselves that not, not everybody can live this life. Not everybody can be godly. You'll say, at least it's not for me. I'm not meant to be that way. Maybe we have said those statements. Or at least we have heard them at some time in your life. We are hard pressed on every side to be like the world. We are hard pressed on every side to speak like the world. We are hard pressed on every side to think like the world. You know, you go to YouTube, 90% of the content that you watch shapes your thinking, to think like the world, to talk like the world. You switch on the TV, the content in the TV is all about life is short, live it large. It's, it's all about, you know, live your life, enjoy it. You will never be 21 again. Do what you want to do. We are hard pressed. I, I remember uh, I was in coffee day in Indranagar. How many of you know that one main coffee day in Indranagar, that 100 feet road? You, you all need special prayers. <laughs> I'm just joking. 
there's, there's, I think that was one of the first coffee days that opened in, uh, uh, in, in Bangalore, in Indranagar, 100 feet road, that main uh, that road. Uh, <clears throat> um, um, and so I was there one day, I was, it was in the night, I was getting coffee with my friend and there was a TV there playing VH1, uh, the most holiest, <laughs> not holy in any way. And, and I see, I was watching for the half an hour that I was there, I was, I was just looking at it time to time. Half an hour I was there, almost every video that was played, every song that was played had promiscuity in it. You, you look at the, the kind of songs that are coming out today. It, it has nothing about true love. It is about one night stand, a breakup, oh he cheated me, oh don't think I'm dumb. That's all, that's all they talk about. That's all they talk about. I, I'm so, I get so curious when I go to all these shops, I put on Soundhound and listen to the lyrics. They're filthy. And people of God listen to that and think, okay, this is how life is meant to be. And we, we often come to this conclusion that it is, it is difficult to live this holy life. It's difficult to live this holy life. And, and we get convinced so much that I, I'm trying so much, but I'm not able to live like that. And maybe holiness is not for me. I'd rather be here and I know somehow I'll get to heaven. Some, somehow, somebody will fast and pray for me and I will get all right. We always depend on prayers of people around us. And we, somehow, we are convinced that it is difficult to live this holy life. Now, let me tell you something that I strongly believe. The Bible says like this, be holy as God is holy. Be holy as I am holy. God says that. You know, when I look at that verse, it reminds me something. It says, I, I believe like this, I believe this way. It is possible to live in this world among people every day and still live a holy life. Because if it wasn't possible, God wouldn't say that. See, God is not a God who makes empty statements. He's not a God who makes statements that sound good, it looks great, but doesn't work. He says things that works for you. He says things that will be applicable for you. And so when God says, be holy as I am holy, it is possible to live a holy life. Because if it wasn't possible, God would not have said it. The Bible is a very practical book. It talks about things that are absolutely possible. So verses like this, be holy as God is holy, tells us that it is possible to live a holy life when your friends speak foul language. It is possible to live a holy life when your friends around might drink alcohol. It is possible to live a holy life when people around you smoke. It is possible to live a holy life when everybody talks about a woman in a very demeaning manner. It is possible to live a holy life among the midst of people that are doing things that are displeasing to God. Displeasing to God. It is possible. But what the world does is, it, is that it often echoes this message to us saying it is not possible to live a holy life. It is not possible. You're 21, you're 18, you're 19, you're 23. Enjoy your life. Enjoy it to the maximum. And here's what's important. The world the message that the world gives is actually destroying the lives of people. Actually destroying the lives of people. And I was just thinking of this case of Nirbhaya, you know, this, this girl who was gang raped. Like, you think of all the atrocities that happened, 
all obviously those guys were minors, some of them were minors, some of them were, were above 18 and they were drunk out of their senses. They wanted something and instantly they wanted to gratify themselves. Found a woman, messed her up. Messed her up. See the world says, get what you want. If you want something, go and get it. It doesn't matter even if you hurt people, you still satisfy yourself because you are very important. You are very important. There was this case that happened in the US um, where two teenagers, about 14 and 15 years old, they wanted to go to this fest and uh, they wanted money. And so they thought, okay, let's go, go to some house, let's mow their lawns, let's do some cut grass, do some work, make some money. So they go to this house. Uh, two old people were there and they rejected, they refused. They said, no, we don't want you to mow our lawn. And I don't know what happened to these guys, but they decided to kill them and take money. And so this one boy who was 15 years old killed two of these elderly people. I think both of them did together. And this 15-year-old boy was put in prison was put in prison and the judge pronounced the sentence for a double homicide, double murder. Do you know what the sentence was? 170 years in prison. What is the average lifespan of a human being? 170 years in prison while he is 15. This man is still in prison. He is about 35 now. There's a documentary about prisons I was watching um, and he's still in the prison right now. He's about 35. And he's confined to a room half the size of this stage. Half the size of his stage. And he's 35 now. He's about, I think, he served 20 years in prison. He has 150 years left. No 18th birthday. No 21st birthday. He says in that video, I've never driven a car, I've never flown in an aeroplane. Never. No family, nothing. No career. You see, the world when it says, get what you want, even if it hurts, it doesn't matter. If you want something, go ahead and get it. When the world entices us, it pulls us down. The sad part of the story is, do you know how much these boys actually got out of these old people after killing them? $10. $10, life is gone, 170 years in prison. 170 years in prison. When the world says life is short, live at large, it is putting us into a trap more than we can ever imagine. More than we can ever imagine. The world talks about instant gratification and it costed the life of this very man. One day I remember I was in Bangalore I was, I was, I think I was 21, 22 at that time and I got into an auto rickshaw and uh, the auto guy immediately, he started the auto and he lit his cigarette and I said, sir, I, I'm not comfortable with it, please uh, don't smoke. He turned around, he said, you don't smoke? I said, no, I don't smoke. He was shocked to see a 21 year old who doesn't smoke and he, he told me this, he said, you know, boys your age, get into the auto, ask me for a cigarette. They come here and smoke. And how is it that you don't? I said, I don't. I'm not into that habit. And he was really shocked. Which tells us something that the world is normalizing habits that are bad. Some, let's say a habit of watching pornography. 
if you go and tell people they'll be like okay this and all is normal or, or if you don't do now when are you going to do it divorce rates are increasing why couples are not satisfied because they've been given a wrong picture of what an intimacy is the world and its ways are destroying people's life the world is telling us it is not possible to live a holy life just live like this do what you want the world is normalizing this unholy lifestyle it says to live a holy life is abnormal to live a holy life it's impossible but the bible teaches us something different something very different and something very powerful and I, wa- i want you to turn your attention to this and this is a verse i really want you all to memorize second peter 1:3 turn with me to second peter 1:3 let me read, read this in the new living translation it will make m- much more clear sense for you it says like this by his divine power god has given us everything we need for living a godly life the world says it's impossible what what does the word of god say god has given us everything we need for a godly life we have received all of this by coming to know him the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence you see what this verse tells us it tells us it gives us this very clear message that god has given everything that we need for a godly life God has given us everything that we need to live a holy life and this this verse reminds something that is very unique to Christianity it puts in plain words that Christianity is not just a religion where you find a bunch of rules and instruction on how to live but it is a religion where it empowers you to live that life Christianity is not a religion that just simply commands obey God but also it gives you the strength and the ability to obey god it's not just a religion where it says follow god pursue god but rather it also empowers us to follow after him it's not just a religion that says stay out of bad habits smoking and everything else it also empowers us to stay out of those habits i hope you're getting what i'm saying you you'll find the most powerless piece of advice on a cigarette packet What is it? Smoking is a, have you have you have you seen anybody who read that and said okay I'm done <laughs> I'm throwing nobody everybody reads it and like they're chill about it they're like who cares because the addiction to tobacco is so much more greater it's a powerless piece of advice but you know when christianity gives you an advice there is a power behind it that helps you follow that power behind it that helps you follow it that is why the bible says god has given us everything we need to live a godly life which means god has given us strength to fight against those habits that pull us down we all know what those habits are there are certain things in our life that we do not want to do but we keep doing and somehow now we've come to a point where we believe that i can't stay from it and the enemy has told you that you can't stay from it it's impossible with you and that's a lie the enemy has fed our mind with things saying you cannot live the holy life he has told you that this is how your life is going to be but the bible reminds us something that god has given the power to live a godly life if you want to live a holy life god has given the power to everyone who believes in him 
Let's look at the verse again, 2 Peter 1.3. If you have your pen or if you're on the Bible, please underline that the first statement, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. The word that is used for godly life here is taken from the Greek word eusebia, which means practical religion. Practical religion. The word godly life, the word godly in specific is taken from the Greek word eusebia, which means practical religion. To put this in context, Jesus tells us what to do and then he enables us to live that way. You get it? So Christianity, on the other hand, you should understand this, it doesn't encourage you to live away from people. Live in a desert, away from people, no temptation. No, that's not the lifestyle it encourages. Live among people, still live a holy life. Live, live among your friends, still live a holy life. And so this word Eusebia tells us that it is a practical religion. It's a practical religion. So you can live life every day in this world among people and still live a holy life. You can live life every day among people who drink, smoke and do all sorts of things but still live a victorious Christian life where you're not indulging in the pleasures of this world. Amen. It is a power that God has given for us to live a godly life and it is a practical religion. That is what it reminds us that we can live the victorious Christian life among people who live against God. Amen. Now you might think, okay, I get what you're saying. I've understood what you said so far. And you might have this question in your mind, probably you might be thinking, if I have been given the power to live a godly life, why am I not able to resist temptation? If I have been given the power to live a godly life, why am I not able to overcome this one habit that is destroying my life? Let me explain. Turn with me to go back to the passage again. 2 Peter 1 3. 2 Peter 1 3. Let me read from the beginning. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. And then it goes on to say, We have received all of this by coming to know him. How have we received it? By coming to know him. The coming to know him talks about two aspects one is salvation. Second is knowing him every single day. So the word knowing him is the key here. What it means is this. The more we learn about God, the more we come to know him, we will be able to resist temptations and overcome habits that we are enslaved to. The more we come to know Jesus, the more we come to know him, the more we grow in an understanding of who God is, we will be able to resist temptation and overcome the habits that we are enslaved to. You know, usually when I counsel people and when they share their problems with me, I, I, I ask them, you know, okay, what are you going through? And one of my biggest work while counseling is to probe why they are doing it. Here's the thing about counseling. If you want to counsel somebody, figure out the why. Why are they doing what they're doing? You figure out the why, you'll get a solution for everything. So I was talking to this person. I was just going back and forth, talking, talking, talking. I was trying to figure out why. You know, why is this person so much into this? Why, why are they so much into that? Though they are smart, bright, brilliant, great potential, but why are they falling into it again and again? In my conversation, all of a sudden, he opened up and he said, Pastor, do you know something? He said, do you know something? 
I've never read the Bible in my life. He's attended church. He worships God. He told me one thing. Do you know I've never read the Bible in my life? That was my why. I knew why there is a struggle with sin. You see, when you, when you read and meditate on the word, it empowers you to live a godly life. We have to understand this. We can never fight against the power of sin if we do not read the Bible. We can never overcome addiction to those habits if we never read the Bible. Because when you read and meditate, it empowers you. It gives you that strength to live that godly life. So the more we come to know God, the more power we'll receive to live the godly life. You know, many times we are not able to fight against the power of sin, nor live a godly life. We struggle with it and we wonder, Lord, I go to church week after week, I attend Bible studies, why am I not able to live a pure life? I, I, I want to get out of it. I want to come out of it, but it's still a struggle for me. We think, what is wrong with me? Sometimes we end up thinking, I'm probably I'm made this way. Probably this is what I'm made I just have to accept the fact that and live this way. Some people think, oh, this struggle is my thorn in the flesh. <laughs> have you heard people say that? Oh, this is my thorn in the flesh. We have come to our own conclusion that we cannot overcome this. And the Bible reminds us something very important. says, God has given us the power and we receive that by coming to know Him. The more we learn about God, the more we will have the power to live a godly life. You know, while, while preparing for the sermon, I, I was thinking to myself, maybe next time I should start announcing about the Bible study like this. Come to the Bible study if you want to live a holy life. Come to the Bible study if you want to overcome your addictions. Sometimes we, we think that, oh, I need a lot of prayers. Sometimes we even blame our parents. What are you doing? Why can't you pray for me? And, and we think, oh, I need long counseling sessions, long therapy sessions to overcome all these things. You know, sometimes I really get tired of counseling people. <laughs> I know the same issue, the pattern, everything. And uh, it all comes down to one thing. What is your relationship with Jesus? Simple, it, it all comes down to one thing. If you want solution in your life, I don't have it. Solution is found in one place. A relationship with Jesus. Embrace Him. Embrace his word because when you do that, what do you receive? A power to live the godly life. The power to live a godly life. So I want to talk about this one way on how to grow in the knowledge of God because it says we have received all of this by coming to know him. So how do we know him? How do we know him? First, there's only one point here today. First is this. Make a consistent effort to know God more. The word consistent is a key here. So just underline the word consistent. The point is this. Make a consistent effort to know God more. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 3 verse 8 to 10. Philippians 3 verse 8 to 10. Are you with me? Philippians 3 verse 8 to 10. Can I read it for you? 
It says like this, yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. Verse 9, and be found in him not having my own righteousness which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Verse 10, this is the key verse, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings and being conformed to his death. I want you to underline verse 10, the first line that it says that I may know him, that I may know him. If you look at the life of Paul, Paul was constantly on the pursuit of knowing God more. He was constantly on the, on the pursuit of learning more about God. There's something we have to understand about God. Even if we live for 98 years of our life, even the, there's still something more to learn. Doesn't mean we have learned it all, we have seen it all. There's still something more to learn. Paul here was constantly in the pursuit of growing in the knowledge of God. You know, if, if any one of you ever had an opportunity to uh, meet Paul and ask him this question, so bro, what are you up to? What are you up to? What's, your, uh, what's the big thing that's happening to you? You know, I, I imagine this way. Paul, instead of talking more about his ministry, he would say, I am in the pursuit of God. I want to know him more. I'm, I want to know him more. I can imagine more than talking about all the church he's planted, more than talking about all the deliverance he's done, more than talking about all the number of people who have received salvation, he would say, I am in the pursuit to know God more. See, historically by this time, he was 27 years into ministry. People, when they get to 20 years, they're like, okay, I've reached there. Probably the second heaven or something. I've reached that place, I know him more. But you look at the life of this man, even after 20 plus years, he's saying that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering being conformed to his death. Now, if you read this passage in the context of 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, I realize that one of the reasons why Paul was after knowing God more is because he wanted to live a life that pleased God. And so what he does is that he makes this consistent effort to know him more. Whether in prison or outside of prison, he was consistently pursuing God to know him more. Because the more you know him, that in turn empowers you to live a godly life. There are sometimes some, some thoughts come, some rubbish thoughts. And we think of it and we're like, oh my goodness. I can't imagine I just thought of it. Ever been there? Like, I can't imagine I, I just, you know, thought of it. Some really bad thoughts pass through our mind and, and we somehow can't believe that we thought of those things. We have to understand the reason why we have those random unnecessary thoughts is because somewhere along the line we have lost our consistency in growing in the knowledge of God. Let me repeat this. The reason why such things keep coming into our mind, some rubbish thoughts keep coming into our mind is simply because somewhere along the line we have lost our consistency in growing in the knowledge of God. Some days we need to read the Bible and we have a great moment of epiphany, just amazing, you know, things happen that day, Instagram status, uh, 
uh, WhatsApp status, Facebook status, all stories are filled and we're constantly checking how many people saw my verse today, how many people saw my meditation today and uh, how many people responded. We're constantly, you know, we read the Bible, we have a great moment, we put it on social media, we are so blessed that day. And the next five days, our Bibles collect dust. We don't even touch it. We, we have this one moment where we attend one prayer meeting and uh, we are electrified for Jesus. We want to live for Jesus. Uh, it lasts for five days. And after that five days, we are back to our old life. We are back to our old life. We are doing the same old things again. And then finally we come to a conclusion. All this is not for me. That worship leader, he can live. I, I cannot. This is not meant for me. I, I cannot live that way. The reason... Why we are losing fight against sin is because we are more convinced by the world and its ways. Some of us are truly convinced that it's hard to live the godly life. And so what has happened is that we have stopped putting in that effort. Stop putting in that effort. We think that way because the, the, our reading of the word has become very inconsistent. We think that way because our walk with Jesus has become very inconsistent. Walk with Jesus is once in a week job, meet him on a Sunday, say, Lord, I love you, I surrender my life to you. Oh, there is no one like you, There's, you're beautiful, marvelous. And on, the, on a Monday morning, bye-bye. Sunday, again, we come back and we say, oh, Lord, I love you, I need you, I need you more, uh, more than enough for me, you're my El Shaddai, all those lines we throw at God, but God knows our heart. He knows within 24 hours, he's going to go back to his old life. The reason why we have lost our fight with sin is because somewhere we have lost this conviction that it is impossible to live this holy life. Somewhere we have felt like I cannot do this anymore. And I, and I strongly believe this church that God wants you to know something. If you want to live a godly life, run after him. If you want to live a godly life, grow in the knowledge of who God is. If you want to live a godly life, Invest your time in understanding the nature of God. That's the best investment you can do. Because it will radically change the way you see life. Because the more you grow in the knowledge of God, you will have the power to resist sin. You will have the power to live a holy life. I tell you, a day will come in your life when you'll grow in the knowledge of God. Your friend will call you and say, hey, come, let's do this. But you'll say, no, bro, I can't come anymore. He'll be like, what is wrong with you? You did that last time. He'll say, no, I can't do that anymore. Because something in me keeps me from that. Something in me says, you've got to live holy. Because something in me, the Holy Spirit says, you've got to live a holy life. God is empowering us to live clean and live pure before him. The more consistent effort, listen carefully, the more consistent effort we put into knowing God, that in turn empowers us to live a godly life. That in turn empowers us to live a godly life. Sometimes we do this mistake. You know what the mistake is? We do everything possible to stay away from sin, from this one habit. What we do is we try to change our friends, change our surrounding and sometimes we tell ourselves, okay, once I leave this place and I go back, I will be clean. Once I leave this friends group and I go back, go out of this place, I will live a holy life. Truth is, sin is more powerful than you think. Interestingly, my dad told me this. He said a man who is addicted to alcohol, you put him anywhere new place, he's never been to that place in his life, 
he will somehow find out a wine store. He'll somehow find out a wine shop. Because there are spirits that are guiding him to fall into that. We often underestimate the power of sin. We may leave one friend group and go somewhere else. We will also, when we go to that place, we will get a group of friends who are very similar to that. Who do the same thing or who will even be worse than our previous group of friends. Sin is more powerful than we think. Instead of focusing on how to get rid of that sin, what we have to focus on is to know God more because that in turn will help us live a godly life. True spirituality is like switching on a light in a dark room. When you enter a dark room and you enter your room in the hostel, what do you do? Do you stand there and start speaking in tongues? I cast you darkness in the name of Jesus. No, you go there, switch on the light. Because when the light comes in, there is no room for darkness. You turn on the light, there's no room for darkness. In other words, when you're empowered by God to live a holy life, sin will break apart from your life. When you're empowered by God, when you're filled with His word, there will be no room for filthy habits in your life. That is why the psalmist says like this, your word have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. What empowers him to live a sinless life is the word of God that is filled in us. Unless it's filled in us, we cannot live a pure life. The more we come to know God, the more we study his word, the more we memorize scripture, that in turn helps us, empowers us to live a godly life. So how do I remain, how do I remain consistent? in growing in the knowledge of God. Simple, just do these three things. Start your day with worship. <laughs> Not with WhatsApp. It's the same W, worship and WhatsApp. Very close. And we, we often, you know, wake up in the morning, check the message and next thing is status. Who has posted what? And uh, some, it's such an addictive thing. I, I struggle with it sometimes. It's like automatically, you know, the, the finger starts swiping. It's like some, the finger has some, uh, some uh, status attack or something. <laughs> just, you know, just keeps moving. You, sometimes, you know, you'll never read the status also. You just want to see. You just want to see. It's like you want to see what people are up to. And it happens in the morning. And I tell you, when you start your day, start it with worship. Do, do it this way. Just when you wake up, even before you get out of the bed, even before you open your eyes, start thanking the Lord for this new day. Because when you get up that way, it will put you in an attitude, in a mode of worship. And it will be easier for you to carry on to worship, read the Bible and prayer. But if you wake up with this thinking of, oh, I have to do this, oh, I have to do that, what will become is that your work, your day will become very work-oriented, that you won't read scripture, that you won't focus on scripture. So when you start your day, start your day with worship, read scriptures and pray. And do these three things consistently every single day. Every single day. And then you will notice that you will be empowered by God to live a holy life. Consistency is important. You know, I can't stress enough on how important it is to be consistent. How important it is to be consistent. You look at the life of Enoch. Genesis 5.22. Can we turn to that passage? Genesis 5.22 In the NKJV translation that I read, I think it's an NLT. It says like this, Enoch walked with God 300 years. Let's get that number in our mind. 300 years. 
Three days is a struggle for us. <laughs> If we do three days or even 30 days, it's like a Guinness record. You have entered into some record book. The Bible says he walked with God 300 years. The word walked there in the Greek, sorry, in the Hebrew, uh, gives us a meaning of continually, which means it was not once in a week, every day for 300 years he walked with God. That's a consistency. That's a consistency. You look at Psalm 1. Psalm 1 was 1 to 3. It talks about a man who was consistent. It says like this, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Verse 2, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates every Sunday. No, day and night. When does day come? Every day. When does night come? Every day. It says like this, And in his law he meditates day and night. Day and night. It talks about a man who is consistent in his devotion to God. Not a one day devotion where you get so excited, you post everywhere and then forget about the Bible the rest of the week. But it is a devotion where he does it every single day. Every single day he delights in the word of God. Every single day he meditates on the word of the Lord. It's a consistency. And you look at the life of this man. In verse 3 it says, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaves shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Blessings of a man who is consistent in his devotion to God. Blessings of a man who is after God. Blessings of a man who constantly, consistently meditates on the word of God. On the word of God. Day and night. Day and night. If we want to grow in the knowledge of God, if we want to grow in the knowledge of who God is, what we have to do is that we have to consistently make an effort every single day to grow in the knowledge of God. Consistently, every single day, every single moment. Now, there's one more thing I would say to you. Live a lifestyle of prayer. Live a lifestyle of prayer. In other words, when you're walking from your classroom to your hostel, don't think of everybody who wronged you. Don't think of the teachers who spoke rudely to you. Don't think of all that. When you're walking from one place to another, fill your mind with thoughts of worship. Start praying. Sometimes we think prayer is that one hour we do. No, prayer has to be our everyday thing. If you're going from, some, from stage to the end of the hall, pray. Just say a word, Lord, thank you. What an amazing God you are. When we go down, Simply say a word of prayer. Whenever we are free, we have to keep on praying. When we make prayer our lifestyle, I tell you, we will see success in everything that we do. Because we are consistently after God. And you look at this man, it says, on his law he meditates day and night. And he is a man who is planted by the trees. Brings its fruit in its season. Whatever he does, prospers. Look at the life of Enoch, 300 years. Can you imagine? 300 years, walking with God. By the time we figure out who God is, <laughs> like some 26 years of our life is gone. And somehow we struggle to get through 50 and by the time we get to 50, it's like, okay, God, I think I'm too old for this. Enoch, 300 years. What is the result of that? He was taken by God. God said, okay, son, come. I'll take you to a better place. He didn't taste death. Consistency is what matters. Because when we are consistent, It helps us live the godly life. Amen. And so, now I spoke about consistency. 
Now to remain consistent, you need to do another thing. That is you have to put in effort every single day. To remain consistent, you have to put in effort. You don't come automatically. You see, sin is effortless. Filthy language is effortless. You go and hang around people for half an hour. After you meet them and come, those words will be ringing in your mind. You know, it will be going on and on. And it will be easy for you to speak. You, you're, if you are out of control, all the colorful words will come out of your mouth. Have you, have you ever spoken to a drunkard? <laughs> there is a friend of mine who, who got drunk one day before his wedding and he called me. He said, Joshua, he's from Northeast. He said, I have to cut a lot of pigs here. He said, send me some money, bro. <laughs> he's out of his mind. He's, he's wealthy enough to pay for everything. <laughs> he's out of control. He's like, I have to cut a lot of pigs. Please send me some money. I don't have anything. <laughs> you, look at, you look at people. See, speaking filthy is very effortless. If you want to live like the world, effortless. What takes effort is your spirituality. It takes effort to live a godly life. It takes effort to be consistent. We have to take a step every single day saying, Lord, I want to come after you. You look at, look at Paul, sitting in a prison, he's putting an effort. I want to know him more. If we were put in a prison, we will write songs of, uh, I am a broken vessel. <laughs> My chains are gone. <laughs> Paul, prison didn't matter to him. You know, He didn't look at the prison as a place where oh, he's lost everything. He sees prison and he says, I want to know him more. His biggest project in the prison was pursuit of God. Pursuit of God. He was limited, but still he was in the pursuit of God. Every day he made that effort. I want to know him more. I want to be a partaker of his suffering. I want to be a partaker of his res resurrection. I, I, I don't consider my degrees. I don't consider my wealth. I don't consider my status in society as a big thing. I've considered everything as a garbage compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. You know, when he, when he writes this passage, when he meditate on it, you get a glimpse into his mind where he's constantly thinking, how can I get to know God more? How can I know him more? How can I pursue him more? And he goes, on to say that I'm leaving behind everything. One thing, I'm going to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. So it's constantly on this pursuit of doing God's will, knowing him more. That is what his life was all about. No wonder he reached the end of his life and he said, I fought the good fight. Simply because he was in the pursuit of knowing God more. And every day he remained consistent by putting in effort. By putting in effort. We have to question ourselves how much effort we put every day. We have to question ourselves if I am putting effort into reading the scripture. We, we expect to wake up and automatically the Bible to fall into our lap and then somebody to come wash our face, keep us ready and then we some, automatically read the Bible. No, it's not going to happen. Some days you will wake up, you won't even feel like reading the Bible. Some days you will wake up, you won't even feel like saying thank you to God because something bitter might happen last night. Some days you will wake up, you won't even feel like praising. But keep your feelings aside. Put a consistent effort every day. Every day put a consistent effort. You, you may not feel like doing anything that day with God, but do it no matter what happens. I can tell you, that will empower you to live a godly life. That will empower you to live a godly life. We live in a day and age where everything is effortless. I go to a shop, there's a Paytm. We go to uh, 
places we don't even like even traveling has become so convenient effortless food few clicks the guys at your doorstep sir five star rating <laughs> yeah serves you food and everything you don't even have to go out of your house to get what you want everything has become effortless but may your spirituality never become an effortless one may your spirituality always remain a one way you put in that work put in the work that is why james says work out your salvation with fear and trembling in other words he says now that you have received your salvation put some effort into it grow in the knowledge of god learn about him more because the more you know him that in turn empowers you to live the godly life and that godly life will result in living a holy life in a perverse generation in a promiscuous generation people look at you people look at you and say how is it that you remain calm how is it that you remain good in spite of all these friends around you you will say it is because of jesus because he empowers me to live the godly life So we look at this word second peter 13 it says by his divine power we have received everything that we need to live the godly life when the enemy comes and tells you listen you cannot live a godly life you are just meant to this is your thorn in the flesh don't believe it that's a <laughs> the enemy will sometimes misinterpret scripture to you paul's thorn in the flesh was his sickness some people will say oh he had a bad habit no <laughs> he had a sickness he was a sick man that was his thorn in the flesh we we take one of our bad habits and says oh how can i leave this it's a thorn in my flesh you know something god has allowed no god is not a god who will allow you to sin the bible says he empowers you to live a godly life if you desire to be holy i tell you it is possible simply be in the pursuit of god every single day i i feel like you know we should go back to the series on the pursuit of god we start you know learning more about you know how we can pursue god every single day of our life i think last year i did a series on that it's so important i tell you because the, the moment you start pursuing god all of a sudden you will realize that i look at that sin and i'm filled with disgust like i i look at the thing i did 5 months ago i'm filled with uh, I, i don't even want to see it it's it's like that why because the light is living in your heart God is empowering you to stay away from sin. The very sin that you struggled with at one point is no more a struggle to you. Why? Because God has empowered you. Live the godly life, pursue after him, grow in his in his knowledge, worship every day, pray every day, spend time in reading and meditating on God's word. Be consistent and put effort every day. I want to say this again. May your spiritual life never become effortless. put effort in it every day and you will grow amen